discovering no edge at all The potential love forever To behold beyond these walls I'd rather be instead Of fearing the unknown The extent of my experience Is more valuable than gold One, two, three, four, I'm testing. You know what I mean? Be clear, baby! Funkmaster Flex DMX! I'm fucking built for this shit right here! That tea would help, though. Here we go again. Yeah! Check it out, y'all. Check it out, check it out, check it out, y'all. Check it out, y'all. Let's funk flex DMX. Uh, let's funk flex DMX. Straight wide, old motherfucker. Nowadays, cats are middle man, little man. Ain't controlling shit. Talking about holding bricks, but ain't holding dick. Niggas talk real slick, but that's about it. Soon as I see him headed my way, I cut him off quick. Must you beat me in my head? Every time I come through with shit like everybody tells me I sound just like you. But you got me, got me, and you can't live without me. If I wasn't DMX, you wouldn't give a fuck about me. Ain't about dog, I wanna be just like. How about you wanting to be just like you? You can do what I do just in your own way. Shit, I get niggas that buy dick every fucking day. If you got talent, talent is yours. It can't be mine. It'll take you where it's gonna take you. It'll be fine. Let me hit him with the rewind. Do you? And I'll do me. To me, you'll see how real you'll be. Do you? Cause what it boils down to is true. Do you? Cause you a hell 
coming, you know, get the name this tool. Powerful leader is a title played task. Now you know you don't have to act. Rap is rhythm and poetry, plus create sound effects. You might catch up if you follow the records he rex. Until then, keep eating and swallowing. You better take the kitty breath and keep following the Yo, get that camera going so you can see my beautiful, beautiful, handsome, incredible African face. Welcome to yet another episode of HQ's Renaissance. I'm your host with the most, keeping 100 from coast to coast through God. I boast ADQ. It is, um, yo, what is today's day? I can't, uh, okay, okay, okay. It's hump day. It's Wednesday, April the 7th, uh, 2021. It is, it is, let's see, Wednesday night. It is hump day. Everybody's blessed. We are blessed, black, and highly favored in this building. I am ADQ, and you are tuning into the ADQ's Renaissance Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Uh, now, before I get started, before I get started, I first of all want to say all prayers to DMX. We are praying. We are still praying for DMX. We are praying for his soul. We are praying for his spirit. And we are praying for his body. May he be healed in Jesus' name. Also, um, also, a little something I wanted to address real quick, real quick, before I bring on my uh, two distinguished guests. So recently, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, signed a um executive order you know um protecting asian americans from xenophobia and prejudice and acts uh and acts that are re related to that that's cool that's great um here's my concern about it though when you're going to sign an executive order protecting black people we should have been Protect. We should have been had an executive order protecting protecting us. We should have been protected when the founding fathers were buck breaking us. We should have been daggone. We should have been protected when you know. Um, we should have been protected when we were trying to get when we were during Reconstruction. When we were still, you know, randomly being lynched and whatnot, we should have been protected during the 60s when we were fighting and marching for our rights. Yo, Anaka, peace, sister. Roberts, what's up, brother? Amanda, how you doing? Anyway, we should have been protected when we were marching and fighting for our rights. Daggone. We, Fred, Hammond should, Fred Hampton should have been protected when that 21-year-old 20, man was slept, I mean, was killed while he was asleep. You know what I'm saying? After being poisoned. We should have been protected during the 80s when crack came into our neighborhoods. 
we should have been protected during the 90s when your current president uh wrote that BS uh for uh not first step act uh crime bill into law and Bill Clinton signed it into law. We should have been protected during the 2000s when Obama, who we looked at and thought that yo, finally we about to uh, be protected, gets a four years gets a four acres in a mule up in this piece, but he ain't do jack squat for us. We should have been protected then. We should be protected now. And guess what happened? And guess what happened consistently from slavery, from the time we were brought here as slaves, to now. We been getting killed. One by one by one by one by one. I think I think we as African people are past due for uh for an executive order of protection. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Love to my love to my friends who are Asian. But yo, black people supposed to daggone, we supposed to we supposed to get we should we should have got some executive order uh, signed on us before anybody. Before anybody. <sighs> now that I have my little rant, let's talk theater. Theater puts me in a happy fate. Theater puts me in a happy place. Um, Come to uh, LaBarre Park here in Greensboro, 6 o'clock on uh, Friday and on Saturday for I will be acting in the play Mayhem at the Masquerade. Check that out. Mayhem at the Masquerade. Now, let's go ahead and get this thing popping. Today, I have two guests. Today, if your name starts with A, then you are cool. If your name doesn't start with A, you're still cool. But, yo, if your name starts with A, A power. You know what I'm saying? One is making yet another appearance on uh this podcast for he has been here several times before he has started his own photography photography company he's tearing up in the one in the 919 ladies and gentlemen please welcome uh mr alex lewis to adq's renaissance and also joining us this man is joining us all the way from nyc this man may join me on a regular basis as the co-host of ADQ's Renaissance. We're just, uh, you know, trying to trying out this, trying to pull out, trying out the water, see what he thinks, ladies and gentlemen. He is a very intellectual theater practitioner. Please welcome Mr. Alan Wells, Alan and Alex. Please join me. Please come to the night table. Yeah, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody. Thank y'all very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Yo, again, I did not get the memo. So we're all supposed to be clean shaven right here and here. <laughs> Listen, this is the way to go now, man. This this is this is virile. This is ha, you can't do nothing about yours, but this is you know, this is a statement right here. Making statements. <laughs> My statement, my statement right now is stay about my eyes. <laughs> so uh before we before we get started, really get into the discussion, uh Alan, uh Alex, the people know you. Uh always a pleasure to have you. Alan, please tell the people, please tell my fellow North Carolinians and everybody else who is watching from wherever they are in the world, please tell them about yourself real quick. Absolutely. What's up, North Carolina? Got love for you. Absolutely. 
Um, as you mentioned, Anna Walls out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, my love of theater. I'll start at the at the Renaissance. My love of theater started when I was at Columbia University. I had I'd had no real interest in theater. I went to a, a prep school uh, for high school, all white prep school, very small, very aristocratic, and they would put on shows like Our Town, Oklahoma, Anything Goes. They didn't have any room. There was no there was no lane for me at that time, so there was no real interest in theater. Although I studied, I studied, you know, American, African-American cinema. There was no me on the stage. And I went to Columbia in my junior year. There was a young lady who I'd known and she was going to the theater department and she knew me and she said, you should come with me to the theater. And I looked at her and said, then I'll go into the theater department. I didn't realize my love of theater until my feet hit the stage. As soon as you hear your mm. feet hit the stage is when I realized daddy's home. That, that's how I felt. And then I did my first script and I was in class with, I was trained by Aaron Frankel, one of the, most, the foremost uh, teachers and producers in New York City at that time. And I was in class and didn't realize I was in class with future, with future stars actually. I was in, in class with Danny Futterman, Dan Futterman he calls himself now, who did enough and a couple other things. Kieran Mulroney, he's Dermot's brother. Um, Desiree Del Valley and a couple of other people who went on and, and pursued it thereafter. But uh, after after Columbia, after doing the uh, my scene class with Aaron in Columbia, I actually ended up uh, playing some off off Broadway productions. Uh, I played at Shakespeare. I played Bertram in All's Well That Ends Well. I was the only African American in the cast, which was very interesting because Bertram, as you know, All's Well That Ends Well is the lead of that cast. It was a very interesting, uh, very very interesting experience experience for me. A lot of lines, if you know all's well that ends well, it's a very thick dialogue, but we were able to do it. And I went on and did something else off of Broadway where I was King Solomon. King Solomon's and King Solomon's mind, I believe, was the name of it as the lead. So after those experiences, I'd gone on to do some other things in the business world. I'd um, gone on to do some uh, youth program work. I actually uh, started helped start a charter school here in Brooklyn. Um, I actually worked on Wall Street as a licensed Series 755 sales trader for five years, which was an entirely different experience unto itself. And I'd mm -hmm. always share that with some of the customers I deal with now. Um, so that, that's brought me to now where actually today, I revisited my, my acting roots about six years ago where I decided I, I still want to see if I had it because I was on hiatus for a very long time. I had a child, that kind of thing. But then I decided, let me re-enter and see see if I can still, I still have the acting chops. And that was about 15 shows ago. You know, a lot of local and regional theater, some things in New York City, some things in Brooklyn. Um, but that was about 15, 15 shows ago. Um, met uh, Ken, uh, Mr. Cagle, who is, he actually played in Hoodlum with, Lawrence Fishburne, I've done three of his parts. Uh, Jimmy Gary was on Orange is the New Black. I co-starred co with him in a recent production. Um, so, and I'm still, I'm still continuing. I'm still continuing. I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited. I was excited to have met Mr. ADQ, uh, holding it down in Greensboro. Uh, the brother's flushing out. Very, very proud of this young brother here and what he's doing and where he's headed. And I love the flavor of this podcast. I really thank you for welcoming me me to be a part of this podcast family thank you man thank you for coming through thank you uh as you can see 
as you can see with Alex here and stuff, you know, it's all family. We just sit back and have family discussions and grow from and grow from one another. So uh let also let's send love to uh Lauren, uh brother Lauren Kaplan. You know, he wanted to be here, but you know, uh had some uh circumstances beyond his control that prohibited him prohibited him from joining us but yo we're gonna get him in we're gonna uh sit around the night's table and you know chop up game absolutely so what we were so what we were planning on talking about tonight and i still want to talk about with you two brothers because um because you know y'all are y'all are uh melanated in the field too alex uh, i know you're like you're like uh black and panamanian right yeah, so um, I'm Latino and I have African in me, so I represent two minorities at once. Boom. <laughs> you know what? You actually represent a major minority because we don't show our Afro-Latino or Afro-Latina or Afro-Latinx brothers and sisters the type of love that y'all deserve, yo. Absolutely. Y'all out here in these places. Y'all in this peace, yo. What's much, respect, much respect. The Latin, the, the Latin theater, yeah, Latin theater and that community deserves all of its accolades. Deserves a lot of exposure based on the talent that exists both on on stage and on screen. And a lot of us happen. Oh yes, always respected. Always respected. So, um, it's with that respect of the Latin of the Latino community, a very noted Latino in which. Uh, his uh his heritage of Latino is Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican. Uh Leo Manuel Miranda, he looked at the lack of Latino, uh Latinx, Latina uh representation in the theater outside of West Side Story, and that's what led him to write the classic that is in the heights. I'm watching the movie. I can't watch, I can't wait to see the movie. But it was but Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? The movie gonna be a monster. I saw I saw the trailer of it. I was like, I saw the trailer too. Oh yeah. We're gonna talk about that too. We got we gotta talk about that after we watch it. So but so so uh it was that momentum that he attained from what from uh writing and doing in the heights that allowed him to write another classic musical, Hamilton. Lin Manuel Miranda, he's been doing things, you know, uh, uh, over the years. He was in, um, he was in a couple of Disney joints. He was on Sesame Street, uh, How I Met Your Mother, and stuff. Um, he was under the radar, but you know, in the heights is what put him, you know, in the upper echelon. And he took, and again, he took that momentum and wrote Hamilton, right? Um, while you listen to the songs, you listen to the story about these characters. You cannot help but get hooked up. You can't help but get linked. You can't help but get intertwined into all that is going on, right? But here's where it becomes problematic for me. You are using things that are from our culture. You are using musical devices from our culture to tell stories about people who enslaved us. Does that make sense? It, it certainly does. It certainly it does. does. At the beginning and, of the second act, if you don't... Oh, go ahead, Alan. I'm sorry. I could talk forever. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, 
if you dismiss, if you're able to suspend that part of your knowledge of uh, actual history and appreciate the production for its quality and value, I think that's what it's actually, actually asking you to do, to buy into the commercial aspect of that production without, without the contrast of its actuality, without its contrast to presenting the factual aspects of history. Which is what I mean. Which is really what cinema with with uh, with art, artistry is, is kind of asking you. You know, can you suspend your reality to enjoy the, the production value of what you're being presented with? You know. What do you think? What do you think, Alex? Um, I agree. I agree with that statement because of the fact that yeah, they were you know they 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 were um, slave and stuff like that. Um, but in a certain degree, once you see the production, you see like we have, you know, um, people of color in, in the, the actual production of it. And I think most people like me, like completely love it because of the fact that it's like, sure, he's gonna play George Washington and he's gonna play this other guy and they're completely non looking like the same way that they are the actual people, um, the actual real persons in there. Kind of like you have um, Aaron Bird that is played by Leslie, and he's just amazing. So it's just like for me, it's kind of like I see the show, and then when I see the actual real people, I'm like, oh yeah, right. So you are the real people, not in my head, because I've seen the show so many times, and they're you know they're telling the story in a more dynamic, uh, creative way. Um, and now that I, I I saw like the other day that they opened in Australia, and I was like, oh, this is great, this is great. And I'm not I'm not sure about the cast, how diverse it is, but I agree with what Alan said on that. So yeah, yours is, yours is as common a reaction to this piece, especially amongst the African American community, as there is when it comes to this. You know, so the choice is made. What choice are you going to make? Are you going to make the choice to? you know, to receive this as a piece of artistic work, or are you going to analyze it for its for its content factual and from a historical standpoint? Which you can you can do both. I mean you can do both. But does so one support the other? So what you're yeah. saying is um during the, when the second act starts and uh the the V digs who is a genius is coming is coming down the stairs looking like Prince going what did I miss playing Thomas Jefferson I can either appreciate what the art is the art that's going on because it's art with the music the prince look and you know the fact that W Diggs is an incredible singer or I can think about who he is playing and while and while what did I miss was going on, he was going home to Monticello, Virginia to rape some more slave women. Right. So are you going to consider Sally Hemings' story? But to your credit, and not every African-American can, or any anybody can say this, not anybody can say this, general public can say this, but you have the fundamental knowledge of history such that you can make that contrast. Not everybody can. They'll appreciate it for its art artistry, but not understand the real backstory, or if there is. They might even intake it or receive it as, as fact. 
There are people who, who, are, uh, who are undereducated who receive this as the actual story. You know, so you ought to be credited with knowing that there is, there is an alternate story, that there's an alternate set of facts that goes with this. Or are we going to go into Sally Hemings's entire generational and what happened there? You know, so, I mean, as a lover of theater, as a lover of theater and how dynamic that production was for the, it deserved every one of the 11 awards that it got, all 16 nominations. It deserved the acclaim that it got. Um, it was, it was, it was visually impactful. It was groundbreaking in that it blended so many kinds of genres. Because when I started here, it caught a lot of us off guard. Because when I started here, a little bit of Nas in there. Am I hearing Nas's rhyme scheme? Am I hearing Kumo D's rhyme scheme in here? And this is what's being so appreciated broadly, being appreciated broadly among a swath of, of viewers who appreciate it. And they're appreciating hip hop? What do we do? Do we do you we know, you got a point? You got you, you got a point because you got a point because um Lin Manuel Miranda, you could tell that he's a student of hip hop. I mean the roots helped him out a lot. Um, and you know, it don't get no more hip hop than the roots. Um yeah. and so you and, and so it comes right back to the whole Latino thing. You know, he's uh Puerto Rican. I mean, Latinos definitely have a place in hip hop. I mean, can you say big pun? I mean, big pun was a beast. Absolutely, so, rest in peace. So does it come down, Alex, to suspension of disbelief? Um, the, 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 the idea of suspension of disbelief first came to me, first uh, was revealed to me when I was once playing King Midas, right? Right. Black man playing King Midas. Mm. Right? Yes. The young lady who played my daughter was a white girl of a Caucasian American young lady. So I'm like, so I looked at my director and said, uh, so what, what backstory do we get this? And she just looked at me and said, suspension of disbelief. And we just rock with it. I talk, uh, I acted like she was my daughter. Just, you know, said, well, this little, um, uh, I got to hug this little white girl. But um, yeah, we just going, I'm just going to act and pretend like she's my daughter. Yeah. So it's the beauty of theater, man, because it's kind of, you know, like it's one of those things that, you know, if, depending on geographically where you are and how many people audition for certain productions, there's certain things that you cannot control and you just got to make it happen. You know, obviously. I feel like y'all two are. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. Well, I was about to say, I feel like y'all two are actually in more uh, areas that are just a that, that are just a little bit more progressive than Greensboro. Because while it's progressive here, you know, it's um we we still got to find reasons why this person is doing that that thing. While whereas I'm sure that in Raleigh and in Brooklyn, you know, not not that many questions are being asked. Am I right? To a certain uh, degree, yeah. Um, to a certain degree, I mean, I mentioned before to you uh, yesterday, I believe that there's a certain assimilation that takes place 
However, there are those those uh, hardcore, more um, committed African Americans who do feel the same way that you do with regard to having appointed kind of approach to this sort of thing, where where the, the contrast is not so easy. I, in terms of suspending disbelief, I was mean, I was mentioning that in terms of suspending it for the purposes of or in favor of appreciating the value of the production, not from a disbelief standpoint, like it's not going to be, it's not, your, your thoughts are not going to be eradicated or nullified. It's just a matter of, for, am I going to enjoy this production or am I going to become angry or it's going to become spiritually, you know, uh, uh, spiritual for me, this experience, what kind of experience are you trying to have when you go to the theater? What is your experience? You know, so there, we may be a little bit more progressive, but I don't, I don't think, Broadly, I wouldn't necessarily say so. There's more diversity when it comes to certain casts. Um, but I will tell you this. I'm going to tell you one quick story. When I was resuming my uh, acting career about six years ago, five years ago, as I mentioned, I went for an audition. A friend of mine recommended me to audition for a classical theater piece. And I'd done classical theater, so I was aware. I walk in the room. Now, this is me coming back. This is in the city. This is in New York City. I'm from Brooklyn. This is in New York City. I walk in the room, and it's an English cast. It's all white. All actors in the room are white, which is fine. I mean, I said I did productions of all white cast. I walk in the room, and the bewilderment of the director, because he didn't expect me, the bewilderment of the director when he saw me walk in that room, and he was English. He was English. He looked at me, and in front of everybody, he goes like this, and I'm sorry, oh, this is all Caucasian cost. And I looked at him, and, and first of all, I was angry at my friend for actually sending me and not informing him or me that this is, that this is where we're going with this. I'm sorry, this is all Caucasian cost. And then tried to explain to me, he tried to explain to me, that what we can do is we can color your arms and your legs so that the garb on you will not reveal that you are African American. He tried. He tried to give me gloves. It, it was. It was incredible. This experience. So it really depends on. And she apologized profusely. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that was going to happen. I'll talk to him. He tried to find me in the building. He, he realized how wrong he was for approaching the situation that way. So there, I just want you all, I'm mentioning that story here in the context of what you were saying, Adrian, because there still exists that angst about culture. As much as we want to say we're blended, we are not. We are not. It depends on where you're coming from. It depends on where you are. You know, um, I just want to say, um, I just want to say for the record, there are songs in Hamilton that I love. I love Wait oh, For It. Wait For one It. Second, second. Oh, yeah. Wait For oh. It. That's my favorite song, too, now that you mention it. Wait For It makes me think about life. Wait For It. Wait For It. Wait For It. Wait For It. Um, I'm not about to uh, throw away my shot, you know, just... I am not throwing away my shot. Um, that makes you think about life. I love that song. Uh, like that was incredible lyricism. I yeah, 
I, love I like that a song. diamond in the rough, a shiny piece of gold. Round, reach my goal, my power's speech unimpeachable. Only 19, but my mind is old. Anyway, uh, that, mo- that mob deep reference, right? Mm-hmm. Yo, a cabinet, nice man, a cabinet man, a cabinet man. Woo, boy, my mic about fell. It's costing too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cabinet you know life. We're not pre-recorded, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is live. But yo, the cabinet meeting where they were battle rapping like it was eight mile. So yo, it was a beautiful piece. What? But but oh, the last song. They say, who lives, who dies, who tells your story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let, let's go into this. Should we tell our own stories or should we allow people who do extensive, extensive, extensive research, should we allow people who don't look like us to tell our stories? Now, my answer is, my answer is this, and I, I, I mentioned this to Lauren the other day. Um, I'm not a part of the LGBTQIA community. I'm not. I'm really not. Um, I have friends, relatives who are a part of that community. I'm not. Therefore, I have no business writing any type of story about that community because I can mess around and make a few hiccups. I can play within stereotypes unwillingly. So someone from that community should write that should write that story. Say I think it's the same thing. Nobody who is not black should be writing a black story because you may mess around and and paint us as a monolith. We're not monoliths. If we were monoliths, then daggone, I'd be bald head too. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Good. Understood. Yeah. So I would like to get y'all's. Uh, I would like to get y'all's uh, opinion on that, Alex, and then Allen. Um, and if you outright disagree with me, it's all good. I, well, actually, I do agree with you on that because it's kind of like when you were saying that about the LGBTQ, LGBTQIA plus community. Sorry, there's more letters now. Um, oh my God, it's a new letter every day. What what letters <laughs> are there now? <laughs> Uh, I just thought about how there are certain roles that are for, for you know, for like, let's put, for example, gay men that, you know, they're represented by straight guys, which it's kind of unfair to them to have like that same representation. Like, I'd rather have them cast a totally gay person. The same thing, you know, you have like, let's put like Neil Patrick Harris that he plays straight men in like, how I Met Your Mom, I think that's the name of the show. Well, I got, I got, I got, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you continue, Alex. I just got to say this real quick. I got to say this real quick. Neil Patrick Harris is so great of an actor, so great of an actor that if he wouldn't have said that he was gay, I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't dare thought, Barty Stinson has so much daggone game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. continue, Alex. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I, I, I agree with you on that because it's kind of like I get, especially I'm going back a little bit within the Heights. For me, I think that was like in one of the last podcasts that I was that we were saying like how this high school production, they put like white kids to do that production and how 
okay, I feel bad for the kids, but it was horrible. I'm so sorry. That was just horrible. And that's how <laughs> I, I, like, I don't care who it is. I just need to have like a mixed blended cast for In the Heights. You cannot do a production with all like a whole bunch of like white people of this and that. There's certain productions that you just not do not mess with it. Like you were saying with the history, like let's say if you have like an Asian person trying to tell your story or somebody else's story, it's like, no, you don't, you were not in their skin. Like we appreciate your support, but no. So I agree with you on that of like, you know, you, you have to tell your own story because there's nobody that leaves your life but you. So yeah, and then I'm done with that. So Alan, you can go, hold on, you can go here. Sorry, I'm like looking at, this thing's distracting me y'all. Because the string yard thing, this is amazing. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Welcome to welcome to 2021. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Uh, so, uh, what's your uh, so what's your opinion on that, uh, Alan? Personally, and this is personal. I'm insulted. I'm insulted by the audacity, the entitlement. I'm befuddled by how a non-African American can feel as if they can write the story from an African-American perspective. What is the, what is your mindset? That, that, is a, that is raw entitlement. How many fights have happened in the production room going way back to John Amos in good times? Is there a reason? We know why he was killed off because he almost got in a yeah. fight who was telling the story from their perspective. When you're looking at the, I forgot her name, but the maid that played in Jezebel that uh, Betty Davis was the star in. These are actors, these are actresses who are extremely talented. This is in the 30s and 40s. Who didn't get credit. Their names were not credited or, or mentioned in the credits. Because it just wasn't done back then. But in terms of telling our story, an African-American voice is an African-American voice. And I, and I, certainly, I certainly agree. And why why would someone think that they can tell someone else? What what makes you think you're so comfortable that you can make decisions about our perspective? And I and I truly I truly believe that I understand that the power broker the power brokers and this goes back century um, well no about a century or something like that when the three big studios came into came into play and so we knew it was behind the scenes and making those calls so we know that we don't have to do that we don't have to recount it historically. And why is it that you think that you can tell our story? And it's it's almost exhausting to think about, which is gravitating toward African American writers. When I do the regional theater that I theater that I do, the plays are written by African Americans. And from an, that particular perspective, I played Anthony Crawford. You know, I've played I've played some some pretty some pretty uh, historically iconic uh, gentlemen. So what what will make you think that you can write that story? So I, I completely agree. I can't. I can't excuse it. I would, I would love to. I'd love to sit here and play DA. I'd love to sit here and play DA and say, well, you know, your interpretation is something that's more inclusive. I'd love to do that, but I just can't do it. I cannot do that. I appreciate it. I appreciate doing the kind of work that I'm doing from that particular perspective. And you can tell the difference in the texture of the material when it's done by somebody who is not necessarily from that perspective. You can tell that. And when it happened, when that happens, as an African-American, now think about it, as an African-American actor, 
performing an African-American role written by a non-African-American writer or playwright or producer or director, you're, the, 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 hill is, the hill is steeper. The hill is steeper because you have to, have, you have to meet that happy medium between your own internal self and what they're trying to present, what they see as presentable. It's exhausting sometimes to, to do that. So I, I certainly, that's why, Adrian, we were talking about August Wilson and Gordon Parks and talking about that that entire Sean Gay and Leroy Jones and, and you know something that's written African-American. It's, it's almost relieving. It's almost a relief to be able to have, to be able to perform it. And we know the perspective from which it was written. We already know that. We know the difference between, the, between that and anything else, man. There, there is a writer. Um, he won an Oscar. He won an Oscar a few years ago for the movie Moonlight. But you know, as Corey, he's a playwright. Terrell Alvin McCraney. Never heard of. Never heard of. He he utilizes a lot of ancestral dialogue in his uh in 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 his pieces. I mean, like uh, I think I think one of his plays is Ogun Size, something like that. Yeah. Oh, the brother's size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I learned things from uh, Terrell Alvin McCraney. The, the 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 brother's a great writer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can't no can't no Caucasian write the way he uh, the way he writes. I mean, again, it's ancestral dialogue in the way he writes. Um, I would say that Shakespeare, it, the way Shakespeare writes, is ancestral di- dialogue if you're European. Personally, I can't understand the freaking thing he says. But, <laughs> but I think it like I think it like comes down to the lane that you're in because. Because you know, you look at you look at Hamilton, and I found myself calling it. I found myself calling it an unofficial black play. Once it's not an unofficial black play. It's not a black play at all. Great songs, lots of black elements, but not a black play. So okay. I think that I think that what we need. I think that what we need to do is instead of you know looking for people out there to tell our stories. We need to be the one telling our stories. Let me just let me come to you, gentlemen, that I'm thinking about now, and you all correct correct me. Can you name, and I'm maybe one. Can you name an African American writer who wrote a production about white life? You see what I'm saying? Because give me a second. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, we, we we've already posed what's a very, what's a common topic or a common thing is that uh, non-African American writers have written for, have written African American themed productions. Can we think of when an African American writer wrote a strictly white themed production? I can't think of one. I can't uh, think of can- one. Can the fact I mean, that like, Ryan not, 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 a gen, not a generally not a generally not a general play about life itself? I'm saying a white themed production. Uh, Actually, the only thing I can think of, 
Mm. Only thing I can think of is honestly Blazing Saddles because Richard Pryor wrote Gene Wilder's stuff and Mel Brooks wrote Cleavon Little's stuff. That's the only thing I can think of as any kind of example. Of I was just thinking about how, you know, Ryan Coogler breathed life into Rocky, the Rocky series. But other than that, yeah. I can't think of nothing. Only, only thing is Richard Pryor writing for Richard Pryor writing Gene Wilder. Richard Pryor writing Gene Wilder stuff. That's all I know. Google it. I was thinking how I gonna Google it because I'm like I got no one. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's go to the Google real quick. Let's go to the Google because we, we're thinking defensively. You know, we kind of have a tendency to kind of think of defensively as opposed mm -hmm. to what's the what's the alternate what's the alternate approach to that? Can we? Can we can we claim that that has happened? I don't know that it has. Oh, I don't know. There's There's ads of you know non American non African Americans writing for the for a black cast or a black theme production, but mm -hmm. you know, go back to D W Griffith type of stuff. Um, only people I'm coming up with is Anatoly Broyard. He wrote a white that's theme that, that, you know what I'm saying? So that's not, that's a discussion that is rarely had because we always claim, we always seem to be defending versus having the perspective beyond that and many, in many aspects of life. Uh, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. The great August Wilson. The great August Wilson said that he does not want his works directed by anyone who is not black. Thank you. Thank you. All, like August Wilson, August Wilson is my guy. Um. So, so um, tell me this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get my. I'm trying to get my mind going here. Uh, I'm having a 35 moment. It happens sometimes. A 35 moment is when I forget something. Um. <clears throat> so, what is to direct something that we wrote? Because, okay, so Steven Spielberg directed uh, Color Purple, right? Mm-hmm. Color Purple is my favorite movie. Steven Spielberg's a, a European Jew, but that was a black story. What do y'all think about that? First of all, it was a, it was a crime. It was a crime that not one Oscar came out of that group. That was that was that was <laughs> injustice to the highest degree. Not one. They said everybody was mad at Spielberg. And that's why the, 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 the movie didn't get an Academy Award. It was a crime. Out of Africa? Seriously? Seriously. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. So, uh, so yeah, it is a crime that uh, no Oscar came out of that movie. I mean, come on. Whoopi Goldberg. That was Whoopi was Goldberg's first film role. Her first film role. Film. Oprah and did that she's scene a comedian. And she's a comedian. She went into it as a comedian. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. She's the only one who's won an Academy and Emmy, a Tony, and some. What's the what's the fourth one? Academy. He got oh uh, Grammy, Emmy, Grammy, yeah. Emmy, Grammy, only one. Tony, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Tony. My yeah. Baby. Yep. Her, John Legend, and someone else. I mean, fan, African American female. Color purple. I'm with you, Adrian. Color purple is it was game changer for me. Game changer. Fantastic. So you know that kind of that kind of that's a discussion about Spielberg directed it, but Alice Walker wrote it. Yes. So from that vantage point, it was written by an African American figure, even though Spielberg directed it. Okay. So okay. So, okay. So we're uh so we have crossed into movies right now. Um. Alex, what's your favorite movie? Ooh. Oh, wow. Uh that's a hard question. It, it oh man. Uh shoot. Uh you gotta be you gotta give me like a genre. Like if it's like a comedy, like you gotta give me a genre. Like you gotta be more specific. Cause I have plenty. What movie did you want to watch the most while being quarantined? How's that? See, the thing is, like, I don't even watch TV that much because I have been, like, in quarantine watching YouTube and just, like, trying to get away from the news because it's, like, so, like, freaking depressing, to be honest with you. So I have, like, when everybody's like, oh, let me watch, like, Bridgertown or watch this show. I'm like, no, I don't want to do what everybody else does. I'm just going to watch a YouTube video and pretend that I'm in Disney. So, um <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I was in Disney. Be like, really? Yeah, I saw these people doing a live stream, and I went to like Magic Kingdom, all of that. Uh, ooh, favorite movie? Oh, um, mm. I love actually. Oh, hmm? sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say, uh, while you're thinking about it, let, let let's get Alan's favorite movie. Mm -hmm. I'm with I'm with Alex, even because. I watch movies now from an actor's perspective. I get, before all that, I mean, things like The Godfather, The Sting. The Sting is one of my favorite movies because Scott Joplin wrote the score. Um, and that's what attracted me to that movie. A Soldier Story, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. The performances in The Soldier Story, Adolf Caesar, Rollins. It was it was a fantastic production. Um, I'm with you, Adrian. Cut Purple. For the color purple, there's certain movies where I have to be in a certain kind of mood to take it, you know, to, to be able to endure it and just and just receive it in, in the way that it's to be received. But those are three, but there's so many. There's so many. I have to be in the happiest of moods in order to watch color purple. I have to have eaten right. my most favorite food, found out that right. I lost 10 pounds. Um, locks are crispy <laughs> and ever. I had to have like just had sex with a beautiful woman. Um, yo, I had <laughs> to be TMI, but thank you. That's TMI, but thank you. We didn't need to know. No, I'm good. I'm good. I hear you. No, I hear you. I'm with you. <laughs> you got to have a mindset for that movie, man. <laughs> you got. If I'm that press, I'm gonna be buckets and buckets and buckets of uh, tears. Yeah, but I was. You yeah. had enough time. What's your favorite movie, man? I like Top Jingle, three. Jingle Jangle, like the Christmas movie that came out. 
like in, on Netflix. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking I about. Seen, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. You should totally watch it. I I, I love that movie. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I have Sister Act in my mind when you guys say Whoopi Goldberg. So I, I'm imagining her in Sister Act when she goes into like teach teach the song to the um, yeah. nuns. So, yeah, yeah. Inspirational. So, it is. I'm with yeah. you. So those are like my favorite. Oh, and Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. So those are like my movies kind of options. So yeah, I didn't watch Harry Potter. I'm not, Don't I'm let not me Harry pick Potter. one of those. I just wanted to do some magic. That's all. You know, yeah. you want to do That's all. Now, if you say like a show, I did really enjoy uh, Viola Davis in How to Get Away with Murder. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. That was Viola's like, yeah. top show. Viola's, mm. Viola's, Viola. You didn't, I, you didn't, yeah, I didn't do anything to take Sesame's place when, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. When I look at Viola Davis and when, when I look at Viola Davis in Fences with all that snot coming down her nose after finding out that Troy cheated on her. And then I watch, then I look at her in uh, My Rain's Black Bomb with all them daggone caps in her teeth then gain all that weight and all that in her face and her face look like a freaking graffiti sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dang, she's like this sweet, loving uh, Christian woman who you just can't help but be sent have empathy for in one August with some peace, and the next one, she's just dang, she mean. She's a she's a professional. She is absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I can't. You can't find a flaw. She she is she is a pro. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. She she's she's Western Peace Cicely Tyson, you know Angela Bassett that level, which is so difficult to reach. She is she's that, you know. And it's not it's not common. It's it's not common. And this is not to say that they're not very, very talented African-American late female actors out there. And there are, you know, there are. Taraji and the rest of them, there are. But there's a level that you can say to yourself, I'm just not gonna be that good. You know, you, you start to question yourself, I just, I just can't, I just can't be that good. <laughs> you know, she, she, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's Sister Tyson level, definitely. Her and Angela, I would say, right now, definitely. You know, there are you know there are people who take a lot of pride in their craft and what direction they're going in life, and they try and they ask themselves whether or not they are that good. Excuse me. I know all three of us, as melanated men, have had moments where we question whether or not we are that good. Um, there are a lot of uh, melanated brothers out there who are wondering if they are that good because of the society that they are in. There is a powerful book out there, and here it is, A Marginalized Voice, written by Reginald Williams, that helps, oh, yep, that helps black boys find out whether or not they are that good. It helps provide... Uh, inspiration, determination, not only for young young African queen kings, kings, but also 
direction for uh for us who are raising them, who are teaching them, and who have unwillingly been ready to put them in that school to prison pipeline. If you have a black boy in your life, if you have a black boy in your life, you need this book. Get the book. The or the link to order it is in the description of this podcast. Now, back to chopping it up with my, my with my friends Alex and Alan. Alex and Alan. Goodness gracious. Alex and Alan. <laughs> oh, I just did another movie. I, I, I got in one other movie though, but go ahead. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's your Wells? Wells, you better not say cats. You better not say cats. No, 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 no. It's Halle Berry, Cat Woman. Like, I just love her in that Cat Woman. And it was funny because you say, like, don't say cat. Yeah, Cat Woman. I like Cat Woman. <laughs> it got Razzies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Brother, but you like what you like. Like what you like. I, I still like it. It's just because it was kind of like one of like. those movies that you're like, oh wow, she did that. Okay, yeah. So I'm sorry, I, I, I think Catwoman, I think Michelle Pfeiffer or Eartha Kid. Sharon Stone. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm um, uh, Eartha Kid. Eartha Kid. Julie Newmar. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. It's all love. It's all love. <laughs> all love. It's all love. It's all love. So um y'all tell me this. Uh Favorite writers, favorite writers, because I know that in in theater. Well, actually, uh, before we get to favorite writers, I want to address this. So, Alex, you were saying earlier how some kids, how you saw a high school production of In the Heights, and it was all white kids, right? Yes. Okay. To all fellow theater people out there who are watching me, who are watching Alex, who are watching Alan. Hear me and hear me well, okay? If you are trying to cast a show and you do not have access to actors who are the ethnic group of the majority of the cast in the show, don't do the show. Whitewashing it will be a bad idea. You will have white people White people are there in the theater. They can do they they they're always there. They're never going away. Black people, we are coming more and more and more. We're coming more and more and more. I mean, look at all three of us. You know what I'm saying? But if you do not have any Dominicans or any Puerto Ricans, don't do in the heights. Okay. Do yourself a favor. Don't do in the heights. Don't do it. It'll be so Lynn manuel <laughs> Miranda wrote that mug for his people. Alex, you can do in the heights. I might could play as we me and Alan, we could probably play a small role, but Alex, you that you're the main role. You're the main role. Well, oh, yeah. you know the funny thing now that you say that before COVID. Well, yeah, way before COVID, they were actually gonna do it in Raleigh, right? A little theater had it planned for April of last year. And then COVID happened. It's like, great. Yeah. I was like, oh. And I was like, I just want to be like Piragua guy and maybe Usnavi or alternate because I have audition for the production before, like for, um, what was it? NC Theater. But then I did that mistake of singing a song from the show. And that's the worst things that you could do at some auditions. So I learned my lesson. But yeah, go ahead. Well, well, so, 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 um, so 
this is a tip for everybody out there. You, when you're auditioning for a musical, you don't sing a song from the show, correct? Just don't do it. Don't do it unless you can really completely nail it, and you haven't. They haven't have like 28 people before you that might have sang that song before you. Then completely do it. But it all depends. If it's community theater, by all means, go and do it. If it's a professional theater. Like I did, don't do it because they have here all day long because everybody wants to play that role and you're technically telling it's like, don't consider me for any other role except for this one role that I intentionally sang for you, the song from the show. Sorry, that was my whole intention. Now you know NC Theater knows, but yeah. Anyway, so, sorry. No, you're good, you're good. Because that reminds me of once my audition for Little Mermaid. Y'all y'all, want to know what song I sang for my audition for Little Mermaid? Yes. Oh, <clears throat> -na 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 my oh my. Look at the boy too shy. He wanna kiss the girl. My oh, accent come on, was You're singing now, man. We were vibing. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Man, don't sit there and act like I'm a good singer, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Go on, no man. Go on, no. Let man go without standing and so at them. <laughs> well, you know, man, my 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 well, Jamaica and my patois needs a lot of work. The little work, but that, that okay, that okay, man, that okay. You come across like a man from the islands and so. Just so good. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. Because you know, tomorrow morning I'm going to be play. I'm going to be playing Marcus Garvey and Redan. So I need to play as much as, as possible. I so. I right, so go on, oh boy. Go on with them, boy. Okay, I don't know all this. <laughs> all right, so I love how these podcasts turn into a whole thing <laughs> now. So I think I think you should do the rest of the episodes, you guys, since you're gonna, you know, do the, yeah, the, go the rest of the episode like that. Mm -hmm. Pan African Amakis Garvian, so bring them to them. Bring it to them now. Bring it to them now. Well, I'm sorry, Ma. Well, I'm sorry, Ma. Well, I'm sorry, Alex. But not everybody can sound Panamanian. So, <laughs> so we must have to put on fake, but to our accent. You know, the funny thing is, like, the funny thing is, like, when I started learning English, like in the like the Panamanian way, they were speaking just like that so it's like oh that little boy right there and have like that kind of similar accent because you have the mix <laughs> of all of this stuff so i was like when i start learning it and you know i see like my family and cousins i'm like what did they just say like <laughs> no, i'm like what did you like oh you got all these means you like you're making and everything in there and you're like oh you oh you mean okay okay oh yeah i didn't know What's what it was yeah. What you what you say? What did you just call me? What? Exactly. Exactly. You want me to do what? what? Call me. <laughs> don't be just calling my name out like that. I don't know you. Did you make an about back yard? What? I got back a yard. I don't know what you do. <laughs> we ain't like that. We ain't like that. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I even I forgot the question that you just said earlier. I forgot the question. I'm sorry. I was enjoying this. This thing that you guys were doing was great. <laughs> I forgot the question. Uh, I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> okay, well, uh, while I think of the question, Alex, tell me about your photography real quick. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm a photographer. I um, have been doing photography since 2012, when I got this company on my own called Shiny on Photography. And you can check my website at Alex Light Up, literally like light of like, you know, light bulb, lightup.com. And then you can see my photography and you can see uh, theater. And uh, I don't think I mentioned this, but you might have seen on my on my Facebook, I'm doing a show at the end of this month called On Belief. So mm -hmm. you should come and check it out at the Burning Cold Theater on April 23 and 24. And yeah, you gotta find out her secret. And uh, uh, my character, I play the ex-boyfriend named Sam. So yeah, you should check it out. I know we might have an online viewing of it, but more information is gonna come soon. So yeah, and that's with Narrowway Expressions. And yeah. All right, so I'm gonna tell y'all this. Um, today, I have been sneezing all day. In order to wipe out my sneezing, I took some Benadryl and starting to kick in. So we are going to wrap this up. But before we right. do, Alan, what you got coming up? Actually, uh, this podcast, I took some time off because COVID affected a lot of things. A lot of things that required me to really pay more attention or spend more time with family who needed the support and needed the, 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 um, the caring for that time. Um, and just now, when I connected with you, Adrian, is when I started to really get back into some things. Um, I took a, the last thing I did was a couple a few months ago. I actually played a, a small. I played Troy in Fences, um, which was a Zoom, a Zoom theater, a Zoom theater production, um, which was, you know, playing Denzel's a pain, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't interpret it. You cannot. The thing about doing a known actor and their role, which when a role is known, is you can't do it like them. Never ever try to do it. Don't don't replicate that performance. You gotta turn into your own. And that was a little bit, that was fun. That was fun. Um, I'm really getting back in now after paying attention to my family. But I'm gonna stay in contact with everybody and just let you know what is upcoming. That's what uh, the next thing you're doing. Yeah, sure. So, um, so, once I'm gonna uh let me tell you this story. Once I saw an actor, um, he uh, I was in this actor class, and this actor was given a script and told uh, 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 a monologue from Fences and told to do Troy. And he said, I can't do it like Denzel, and he, and he psyched himself out because he couldn't do it like Denzel. Check me out. Check me out. One of, my, one of my dream roles is Boy Willie in the piano lesson. You think I'm trying to be like Charles S. Dutton? No. Yeah. I'm trying to it. be Adrian Dion Quarles. Do it. You will lose. You'll lose. They wanted me to say, you see, they told me, I should, you, you'll lose. They told me, they said, you know what? The day of the performance, they call me and say, you know what you should do? On this channel, they're playing fences. I'm not watching Denzel before I go. Are you crazy? This is my role now. This is me and August Wilson's role now. That's it. I don't want to hear uh, Viola. I don't want to hear. Don't do it. Okay, some great actors performing. You want to see all that snot coming out of Viola's nose? You will lose. You will lose. I don't have any question about that. Mm -hmm. It's got to be you. You will lose. Like, like, uh, like, 
if you look at uh the Tonys from the 90s and uh a scene there's a scene there's two scenes of uh the Troy Maxson I don't like I I ain't got to like you monologue. James Earl Jones does it with Courtney B Vance a much 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 younger Courtney B Vance and uh Denzel does it with uh the guy who played uh Corey um yeah, on Broadway, right? Yeah. Same words too completely different uh so different renditions. the renditions are different you can't do that no That's rule number one you don't do that you will you'll <laughs> you down in flames down in flames you want to know what's my own current problem with uh the whole troy role right now you, you yeah. want to know what's my problem with it right now what is it I'm too daggone young to play it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Troy's 53. I'm 35. I'm too young to play it. I can't play it right now. I go out for fences. If I cut my hair and go out for fences, they're going to look at me for either Lions or Gabriel. <laughs> if it makes me feel any better, I know that you could try. You could play it because I play a first grader for a production of Rally the Theater. And I was the tallest first grader you have ever seen in the story and the history of theater, as far as I know. And it was funny because from far away, you can be like, oh, I'm shaved. As soon as you meet me in person, the kids are like, oh, you got a beard because I have like a five o'clock shadow coming over here because I forgot to shave for the last performance. So you can do it. I think you can do it. You can do it. I think you can do it. I remember that. Let's see. Let's see. Who says I got to like you? Me and my me and mom uh, worked that out between two of us, and you're liking your black ass one part of the bargain. Don't go around on worrying whether or not someone likes you. You best be work, you best be making sure they're doing right by you. You understand what I'm saying to you? Then get the hell out of my face and get on down to that AMP. Job back. Job back. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. Me and August Wilson, we're gonna make magic one day. There you go. I'm going yeah, man. Let yo, me know. hey, one of my another one of my dream roles is King Headley. Okay, okay, King Headley. So, um, so as we start to wrap this up, cause like I said, my fan is starting to kick in. <laughs> Alan, uh, Alan, sure. hey, uh, have you been? You having fun? Uh, podcasting with I us with me and Alex. Definitely, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this immensely, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Definitely appreciate you for this opportunity. Thank you. Okay, so Alex, Alan is in the is in the running for being my co-host, and I wanted to like have a moment, see what he thought, to see how he thought how he thought about it. I think we should give him a job. What do you think? Yes, just say yes, Alan. Just say yes. I mean, you oh, you, you bummed up with the whole. Little Merriman and Sebastian thing. It was just like magical moment for me. So that way I can just enjoy the next podcast and be like, oh, wait, they're going to do it. Yes, they're going to do it. Yes, they did. Oh. <laughs> Alan, welcome Absolutely. aboard. Uh, fair warning. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank fair, you. Warning. Once, fair warning. Um, sometimes I get into my little Virgo energy. You're going to want to punch me. I'm just letting you know right now. That's all right. That's all right, brother. We work it out. We'll figure it out. And Alex, of course, when, 
And Alex, of course, whenever you're free, we'll have to we'll bring you in and stuff. Get your get your commentary, get your uh view on things, you know. Um, um, get your um e e eclectic, intellectual, photogenic um view on the world around us. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Do you know how hard it is coming up with all those words? When you got Benadryl in your system. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're doing great, man. Cause that was like, through, you're still going and you're, you're still going. So that's great. You're like, oh, we're going to end up this. And then you came up with more. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, I, I guess it hasn't hit him yet. If it was me, I'd be like, I'm fighting it. You see how, you see how, you see my eyes, you see how red they are? I look like a daggone blood right now. <laughs> if I was You're going to a crib neighborhood with eyes this red. You're fine, man. You couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. You, called, did, you did. You did your thing. It's called acting. So, uh, Alan, well, oh, yeah, I already asked you what, you what you got coming up next. Oh, yeah, so here's what uh, ADQ got coming up next. Listen to me again. Friday, I'm returning to live theater. Friday, Friday, the day after tomorrow, the day before Saturday, the day of the week that starts with the F, the day of the week that has its own that has its own movie, and it's a great movie, by the way. Friday, mm -hmm. you all come to LaBar Park and watch me return to theater as I play. The character that I'm playing, I'm not telling you all. I'm not telling y'all who, but it's gonna be a Dewey, uh, a Dewey. It's gonna be a duty. No, that not duty. It's gonna be a doozy. Dang it, Benjo really kicking in now. Yeah, it's kicking in now. It's, it's kicking, kicking in now. now for sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's kicking in now. So yeah. real quick, real quick, before we wrap this up, uh, Alex, if someone wanted to contact you for your for uh, photography. If someone wanted to contact you to play a Nazi again, if somebody wanted to contact you to learn Spanish or something like that, uh, where can they, uh, how can they contact you? Little or if somebody you, wanted to rub your new ball head, uh, what can they, how can they uh, get in contact with you? Hey, go for it. By all means, I need a massage right here. Just <laughs> I'm taking applications for that. We're taking applications. Go ahead. But yeah, you gotta yeah. sanitize yeah, yeah. it and be vaccin vaccinated. I cannot even talk now. But you know, um, you could find me on my website. Like if you go to alexlightup.com, like all the links to my different like uh, social media are in there. Or the easiest one probably will be Instagram, because I'm on Instagram all the time. Uh, it'll be um, Instagram.com/slash/intro for introduction and then journey intro journey. And then, yeah, you could. Sorry, I was gonna sound like that people. It's like you can DM me, which technically, I guess you could do that. Yeah, you can DM me. Aren't you like 30, 31 years old? Me? No, I just turned 29. But I feel like a 79. My bad, 29. I feel like a 79 okay. year old man most of the time. Look, look, see, when you like, oh, we're in StreamYard. I had no idea about this thing. And I'm like, oh, my, ooh. And I'm looking at myself. See, I feel like a 75 year old man. I have an old soul. I do. You're a 90s baby. Yeah, 1992, 90s baby. man. 1992. 
1985 right here, sucker. Okay. <laughs> I got y'all beat. Yes. I'm an OG. I'm an OG. So we <laughs> Well, Mr. OG, how can people get in contact with you? Facebook, they can get in contact with me. Um, Instagram, you can contact me. Alan Walls. It's easy. Gotcha. Alan Walls. Well, thank y'all again for joining me. And now, listen, listen. This is where, so now, uh, before we end this, history is about to take place. How's history about to pl take place? This is my 99th episode. Next episode is that one goose egg, goose egg. 100. What am I going to do for my 100th episode? I haven't, I haven't the slightest idea. Thank you. Thank you very much. I have the slightest idea what I'm going to do for my 100th episode. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. So, uh huh, might be a maybe a little minute before not, not not a month or anything. Maybe like a week or two before you get hundredth episode. But best believe, I'm coming with my hundredth episode, and I'm coming hard. I'm coming hard. Light it up. Light it up. Yeah, that's right. Light it when up. I first started this, I thought it was going to be just a hobby, but man, we going for the fences for this. So, sure. if you all want to, um. If you all who are listening, uh, thank you for listening. Continue listening. Check me out on the various platforms that I'm at. If you happen to want to bless what we're doing, the Cash App information is right there. Dollar sign Adrian Quarles. Dollar sign A-D-R-I-A-N-Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. Since Alan's going to be co-hosting with me, we're going to put his uh, Cash App information up too. And he's got a text from someone. I assume that's an important text. So we're going to wrap it up here. Brothers, thank you. Yeah. Nah, brothers, uh, thank you. Catch some Z's. Catch some Z's, brother. I'm about to. Thank y'all so much for joining me. It's been great. It's been wonderful. Okay. Next time, and we are going to, it's going to be four of us. Me, y'all two, and Lauren. He will be the one L among A's. Yes, then, sir. Yes, sir. This is ADQ's Renaissance. That's Alex Lewis. That's Alan Walls. Thank you all for watching. Everybody have a wonderful evening. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Okay. Be safe, brothers. You too. Nice to you meet too. you. You too, bro. Rapper to rewrite history without a pen No ID on the track, let the story begin Begin, begin This is anti-auto-tune, death of the ringtone This ain't for iTunes, this ain't for sing-alongs This is Sinatra at the opera, bring a blonde Preferably with a fat ass who can sing a song Wrong, this ain't politically correct uh, This might offend my political connects uh, my raps don't have melodies This shit make niggas want go and commit felonies uh, Get your chain took in I may do it myself, I'm so Brooklyn uh, I know we facing a recession But the music y'all making gon' make it the Great Depression uh, Or your lack of aggression Put your skirt back down, throw a set, man uh, uh, Nigga, this shit violent This is death for auto-tune, moment of silence
To rewrite history without a pen No ID on the track, let the story begin Begin, begin, hold up This ain't a number one record uh, This is practically assault with a deadly weapon uh, I made this just for flex and Mr. C, I want niggas to feel threatened uh, Stop your blood clot crying The kid, the dog, everybody dying, no lying you niggas jeans too tight, your colors too bright, your voice too light uh, I might wear black for years straight, I might bring back Versace shades This ain't for Z100, yeah he told me to kill y'all to keep it 100 This is for Hot 97, this shit for Clue, for Khaled, but we the best in Nigga this shit violent, this is death for auto-tune, moment of silence Rapper to rewrite history without a pen No ID on the track, let the story begin Begin, begin, hold up This shit need a verse from Cheesy I might send this to the mixtape Wheezy Get somebody from BMF to talk on this Get this to a blood, let a crit walk on it Get me thou to style on this I just don't need nobody to smile on this Y'all niggas singing too much Back to rap, you keep painting too much. Uh, uh, I'm a multi-millionaire, so how is it? I'm still the hardest nigga here. Uh, I don't be in the project hallway, talking about how I be in the project all day. Uh, that sounds stupid to me. If you a gangster, this is how you prove it to me. Uh, uh, nigga, just get violent. This is death for auto-tune, moment of silence. Things that the homilies and hymns won't teach ya. 
My mother was a genius. My father commanded respect. When they died, they left no instructions, just a legacy to protect. Death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes, and we keep living anyway. We rise and we fall and we break and we make our mistakes. And if there's a reason I'm still alive, when everyone who loves me has died, I'm willing to wait for it. Wait for it. I'm willing to wait for it. Exhibits no restraint, takes and he takes and he takes and he keeps winning anyway. Changes the game, plays and he raises the stakes. And if there's a reason he seems to thrive and so few survive, then goddammit, I'm willing to wait for it. I'm willing to wait for it. Life doesn't discriminate. 